Welcome to the Forge Nutrition and Fitness Podcast, where we dive into everything fuel and function related to give you the ultimate freedom with your health, lifestyle and goals. Let's get into it. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are well. I'm your host Charlie, founder of Forge Nutrition and Fitness and this is our Back to Basics series. So guys, today we're going to look at diet approaches and how you can organise the way that you set up your diet. So for most of us who are listening to the podcast, our main goal is losing body fat. For some of us, it's also building a bit of muscle, but for most people, it is about losing body fat. So as I've said a few times on the podcast, when losing body fat, the number one thing we need to be concerned about is maintaining a calorie deficit. In case you haven't heard any of the other episodes, let's just quickly discuss what that means. A calorie deficit is where we are eating slightly fewer calories than we need to maintain our body weight. So let's say that I need 2,000 calories to maintain my body weight. A calorie deficit could be 1,900, 1,800, 1,700, etc. In an ideal world, we would start off with a small calorie deficit and over time we would have to increase that deficit or we would have to drop our calories in line with our metabolic rate dropping as our body weight goes down. So a calorie deficit is eating fewer calories than you need. You can also create a calorie deficit through upping your activity levels. So basically, you could increase your activity levels and increase the size of that calorie deficit. So let's say I needed 2,000 calories to maintain my body weight. I ate 1,800, so I'm in a 200 calorie deficit. And then I went out and I burned an extra 100 calories by going for a bit of a walk. I would then be on 1,700 net calories. So again, 200 calories deficit from eating less and then a 100 additional calorie deficit from exercising a little bit more. So I'd end up with a total of a 300 calorie deficit. So the best way to do this, guys, is a combination of the two. Now... All diets that allow you to lose body fat work off this principle. They all put you in a calorie deficit. There are tens, probably hundreds of different diets out there, but the one thing they all have in common is that they create a calorie deficit. Most of these diets do that by some form of restriction, and we're going to look at what type of restrictions we have out there. So let's start with what I like to call our exclusion diets. Exclusion diets are ways of eating that basically exclude something. So let's start looking at the ones that exclude entire macronutrients. If we remember back, our macronutrients are proteins, carbohydrates and fats mainly. The number one macronutrient that is demonized nowadays is carbohydrates. But as we know, it is our body's main fuel source and it is not to be feared. So we now have a bit of a generation of low carbohydrate diets. Some of these include things like the ketogenic diet and that is almost no to extremely low amount of carbohydrate in that diet. Now, of course, if we are cutting out almost all carbohydrates, we are going to be cutting out a lot of calories. Therefore, we've just created a huge calorie deficit. Alongside this, there is evidence to support that the ketogenic diet can potentially put you into a state of ketosis. Now, ketosis is when we are burning fat for fuel. We produce ketones as part of this process and It is due to obviously having no carbohydrates or or very few carbohydrates within our diet and we obviously look to our stored fat 
and our dietary fat to be used for energy. And a part of that process creates these ketones. Now, another diet that is quite similar to this in lots of ways is the Atkins diet. Now, the Atkins diet, again, is a low-carbohydrate diet. And again, if we cut out carbohydrates, we're cutting out lots of calories that in a Western diet we would normally consume. Therefore, we're creating a calorie deficit. Another way of eating that kind of excludes an entire macronutrient is the zone diet. Now, this diet claims to optimise hormones. There is differing evidence on this, but it basically talks about having one third of your diet as lean protein sources, which sounds great, and two thirds of your diet from carbohydrate sources, primarily from vegetables and fruit with almost no starches and low fat. We know that fat has nine calories per gram, and let's say we were consuming... 50 grams of fat per day that's 450 calories that straight away we have just cut out of our diet that's going to create a calorie deficit and that is going to lead to fat loss now as well as excluding entire macronutrients we can also exclude types of food so for example there is the uh, trend of eating clean so eating clean basically refers to eating fewer or no processed foods So this would look like a diet which contained mostly whole foods. And by that, we mean non-processed foods. So fresh vegetables, carbohydrate sources, lean proteins, food that has not been manipulated and processed. So for example, rather than having frozen chicken nuggets who have gone through a few processes they may not contain the best uh, lean sources of protein we might just have chicken breast so this is what people refer to as clean foods foods which have not undergone lots of processes and are mainly unchanged from how they would appear in nature of course if we are not eating processed foods so we're not eating crisps we are not eating chips we are not eating foods that are typically high in fat high in sugar high in salt high in carbohydrate we're gonna probably create a calorie deficit and as well as this these are typically the foods that people overeat very rarely do you see someone go home on a friday night and sit on the sofa with a whole bowl of broccoli chomping that down now broccoli would be classed as a clean food Whereas you would probably see someone chowing down on a tub of ice cream or a big bowl of crisps. These would be processed foods. These are the foods that people typically overeat. If we cut out the foods that people are typically overeating, we are going to cut down hundreds, if not thousands of calories over the course of the week. So again, clean eating creates a calorie deficit. The number one principle. Now let's look at another diet. We've got the paleo diet. The paleo diet in a nutshell, says that people should eat as our Paleolithic ancestors may have done. So that includes meat, some vegetables, so potatoes, nuts. Most people who follow a paleo diet don't consume dairy. And of course, again, we have cut out all of our modern day processed foods that we typically overeat. No chocolate bars, no ice cream. These are the foods that we overeat and they also contain tons of calories. So if we cut those out, guess what? we're going to probably create a calorie deficit. Now, let's look at vegetarian and vegan diet protocols. If we are cutting out meat, lots of people overconsume on fatty sources of meat. Okay, If we cut out those fatty sources of meat with veganism, if we cut out dairy, which we know contains quite a lot of fat as well, although there are benefits, lots and lots of benefits, then we are probably going to be cutting out lots and lots of calories Again, we're creating a calorie deficit. Now, one benefit I will say that the vegan and vegetarian diets do have is that they force people most of the time, if they're done properly, to eat more vegetables. Now, 
as a general population within the UK, we are consuming far too few vegetables within our diet. Most people will have vegetables maybe with a salad at lunch or maybe with a few peas with dinner, but most people don't consume them as snacks. Most people don't consume them enough with each meal. Now, vegetables and fruits are full of the nutrients we need, vitamins, minerals. So the benefit of a vegetarian or vegan diet is that most people, when they start them and do them properly, will be consuming more of these nutrients and vitamins. One thing, however, that we do need to take into consideration are the potential implications of not eating any dairy or any meat. Now, if we don't do it right, this can sometimes lead to deficiencies in protein, in some fat sources, iron, zinc, omega-3, B12, calcium, iodine, riboflavin, vitamin D, vitamin D3 omega-3 as well so there are tons of vitamins that sometimes through a vegan diet if it's not done correctly there are some vitamins and minerals that people can become deficient in now there's a great app called chronometer and this helps you to measure your vitamins and your minerals through your diet it's kind of a similar way of dietary tracking when we're thinking about a vegan diet we need to be really careful of our leucine intake now Around two to three grams of leucine is required for building muscle, for muscle protein synthesis, for kickstarting that process. With meat sources, we're thinking about 30 grams of protein will roughly contain two to three grams of leucine that we need to trigger that muscle protein synthesis. So when you're consuming a vegan diet, you need to be wary. If you're exercising and you're doing some resistance training, trying to build muscle, or just trying to maintain healthy muscle mass, you need to be making sure you're getting those two to three grams of leucine if necessary. Now, like I said, most diets that allow us to adhere to a calorie deficit include some form of restriction. So we've looked at the exclusion diets, or some of them. Now let's look at different types of restriction that we can place on our diet to help us get that calorie deficit. So let's look at time restrictions. You've probably heard of intermittent fasting before and I think I've mentioned it in a few episodes and intermittent fasting is essentially a bit of a fancy way of saying that you skip a meal in some cases so the most popular way of intermittent fasting is to follow the 16-8 fast and basically this means that for 16 hours you don't consume any calories and for eight hours you then have your eating window so this might look like eating only between 12 lunchtime and 8 p.m or maybe 2pm and 10pm and then going to bed on a nice full stomach because you've consumed lots of calories in a short amount of time and then fasting through until lunchtime. Now lots of people do this anyway. They don't call it intermittent fasting but this is essentially, if you're not snacking, this is skipping breakfast for most people. And all this means is that you've got fewer hours in the day to consume your calories in. So let's say I'm eating 1500 calories rather than consuming them through three meals, I might be consuming them through two meals. So I might just be having my lunch and my dinner. Now, depending on your goals, this can be a really good way to manage your calories, but it's got to be in the, the context of the individual. Another type of restriction we can look at, which is a little bit more straightforward, is our calorie restriction. So this is when we knowingly restrict our calories. And we can do this through tracking. So we could use tracking apps such as MyFitnessPal, or we could use portion control. But we are very aware in the fact that we are restricting our calories. We're not just cutting out a macronutrient group and not worrying about the rest of the things that we eat, which can work, like we've said. We are very aware and we are we know that we are looking at our calories this could also include calorie counting 
and basically any ways that we knowingly restrict calories. So like I said, my fitness pal is a really good way to track your calories. You could also use a food diary. So you could keep a food diary for a month, see what you typically eat uh, day to day, and you could then for the next month or next week, you could maybe take out a snack. You could cut out one of your chocolate bars. And little adjustments like this to our calories, so restricting our calories through making little adjustments, will lead, when done for a sustained period of time, to a calorie deficit. Another good way is our kind of our visual portion control methods. And this works really well for some people. Not well for everyone, but it can work well if you aren't a fan of counting calories. Although personally, I do advise all of my clients that as well as following a meal plan to begin with, to get a bit of an awareness of what food portions look like, at some stage, even if it's just for a week or two, they track foods on my fitness pal so they get a bit of a better understanding of what foods contain. Because unfortunately, most people are unaware at the calorie content, the calorific values of the foods that they're consuming on a regular basis. And this is Unfortunately, as I said, this is what it comes down to. It is calories in versus calories out. It is a calorie deficit. That's the number one rule. Calories are king. So a really good visual way is to use the hand method. So our palm of our hand, our open palm of our hand, would be a good size for a portion of lean meat, for example, chicken breast. Our thumb or the top of our thumb could be a good guide for our fat so peanut butter or butter or um this could be a also a good guide for maybe some avocado or something um a closed fist is a good portion size of a vegetable three or four of those a day of different vegetables um and carbohydrates you would feel a cupped hand with those carbohydrates so a cupped hand of rice now if you are looking to lose quite a lot of weight and you've got quite a lot of weight to lose and you are typically someone who maybe overconsumes on hedonic foods such as ice creams, crisps, foods that you are easily consumed on, and you're doing this regularly, cutting those out and then using your hand as a guide with clean whole foods, I say clean in inverted commas, whole foods, is obviously going to lead to a calorie deficit because you're, you're, you're going to be more aware of what you're eating. And if you're using a hand guide, it is a good place to start because it's going to give you a good visual representation. That can work really well with someone. But like I said before, it's all about context. If I compare myself to someone who is maybe 15 stone and three of those stone would be overweight, you know, they can do with losing three of those stone, I am in a very different situation. My calorie deficit, I would have to look at doing very different things to that person. So context is key. Now, there is a final way of creating a calorie deficit that I would like to discuss. And this is the trend of if it fits your macros or IIFYM. And this basically means that you use dietary tracking. So maybe my fitness pal, for example, and you work out, like I said in episode two, your calories and your macronutrient targets for the day. And you basically eat whatever you want to hit those targets. Now, this can work fantastically for some people, and it typically leads to people eating more healthy, whole foods that give them the energy and the nutrients and the vitamins and minerals that they need. Although some people say it's a little bit too far, and although they stick to the calories and macronutrients that they've calculated for themselves, they do it with low-nutrient food, food that may be low in vitamins and minerals and fibre and nutrients like this. They might consume maybe some takeaways, maybe they consume pizzas, ice creams. So they fill it within their macronutrient targets and their calorie targets. And yes, this will lead to some results. But if we're thinking about health 
and we should always be thinking about health. We know that our diet needs to comprise mostly of whole foods, foods that are full of nutrients, full of the things that our body needs to function optimally. So yes, if it fits your macros, can be a good way to be a bit more flexible with your diet. So you could eat, let's say 90% of the time, you could eat nice whole foods, fresh foods, good lean meats, tons of veggies, and then you've got 20 or 10% of foods that you really enjoy. So you might have a pizza at the weekend or a few beers, things like this. Remember, we spoke about having balance and always having the balance of foods that nourish us, give us the vitamins, the minerals, the nutrients that we need, the nutrients that make us perform optimally and feel our best selves, and the foods that we really want to eat. So maybe some beers, some pizzas, things that we know are not 100% optimal for our health overall. But we can always fit them in. Like we always say, it is about a balanced lifestyle and enjoying life whilst at the same time working towards your goals, whatever they might be. So flexible dieting, or if it fits your macros, done right, what does it look like? Like I said, it is about building a 70 or 80% diet of the foods that we need alongside those few foods that we might want to have as a bit of a treat. So this way you can still have your beers on the weekend or you can still, like I said, have your pizza or whatever it is. Now, this typically for most people requires quite a lot of self-education on what foods contain. And I would probably recommend doing this through dietary tracking so maybe using my fitness pal so you can track all of your foods and that way you know exactly what you're getting you know your macros your calories you can even look at your nutrients vitamins minerals somewhat accurately on my fitness pal as well now my fitness pal is complex there are benefits to it there are some drawbacks so we're going to do a podcast episode all around my fitness pal so if you have any questions about that send me them on instagram or facebook so that's forge.nutrition.fitness on both instagram and facebook or you can send me an email charlie at forgeahead.uk any information that you want to know around for my fitness pal we can be really specific with that as well we're also going to do a bit of a video tutorial bit of a screen share video where i will go through and i'll show you exactly how to use my fitness pal in the best possible way to track your food so guys to summarize there are hundreds if not thousands of diets out there that will allow you to lose fat the number one thing they all have in common is that they all give you a calorie deficit it's the number one principle it is the law of thermodynamics energy in versus energy out alongside all of these things alongside these diets that we've spoken about we need to make sure that whichever one we pick whichever one we choose we need to make sure that we are able to adhere to it. We're able to stick to it consistently for a long period of time. There's no point in choosing keto and then suddenly you realise that you actually love pasta three times a week. There's no point in choosing to go low fat when you realise that really you love avocados, you love peanut butter. You need to pick something that's going to fit in with your lifestyle because if you don't, unfortunately you're not going to have to stick to it and there's no point in having a few perfect days and then a few bad days it's better to be consistently good than sometimes perfect choose your diet choose whichever way of eating suits you and suits your lifestyle but make sure that you're in a calorie deficit and make sure it's a diet that you can stick to in that calorie deficit so quick recap we've got the ketogenic diet clean eating in inverted commas the paleo diet the atkins diet the zone diet we've got low carb diets we've got low fat diets vegan diets vegetarian diets we've got intermittent fasting 
we've got tracking our calories, we've got using visual representations, so the hand model, we've got keeping a uh, nutrition diary, we've got if it fits your macros and flexible dieting. So these are some of the ways that we can build our nutrition protocol. If you would like any help with your nutrition, if you would like to have a chat with me, just ask me some questions, or if you would like to join me and to become part of our Diet and Lifestyle Academy, where I will help you by planning your nutrition, your meal plans, amongst many other things, then just drop me a DM on Instagram, like I said, forge.nutrition.fitness, or drop me an email, charlie at forgeahead.uk. I hope this helped, guys. I hope this provided some value again. Please, if you think it can help someone around you, share it with them, share it on your Instagram stories or your Facebook. Any comments, any reviews would be greatly appreciated. We're always trying to improve the podcast, trying to provide as much value as we possibly can. Anyway, guys, I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. I hope you have a great week. I'll see you soon. Take care. (laughs) 